Goodbye, Crucible. We barely knew thee. And more coming up on today's episode of The Latest in Tech News. Hey, Gadgeteer, you're just in time for the latest episode of the world's only 3-in-1 show on tech, gadgets, and gaming news. That's right, this is Relays and Tech News. My name is Taylor Merrick, and the goal is to every single day bring you the latest tech, gadget, gaming news so that, uh, well, you know what's going on for the day, and we try to do this every weekday. Um, outside of that, feel free to join in on a conversation on our Discord server, Details for that can be found by going to technewsgadget.net. Um, joining the Discord server is free. Matter of fact, we got a couple channels in there that literally all they do is they spit out tech news, gadget news, gaming news, 24 7, 365 uh, game updates uh, that are kind of important for those of you who enjoy specific kinds of games and wanting to know what updates are going to change or affect. Uh, your style of gameplay or characters or map objectives, things of that nature. So by all means, if you're enjoying what you heard, feel free to uh, head on over to our Discord server to learn more. Join up. It's free. It's fun. And it's a heck of a lot better than being sent emails. If you don't like emails, kind of like I do, and they just kind of sit there piling up, uh, join a Discord server and uh, you'll have a community to go along with it. So Hopping into this week's of news, worth of news, um, there's going to be a lot coming out the rest of this week. I guarantee you after the Apple um, event wraps up tomorrow, uh, we'll know a lot more information about the uh, next iPhone uh, and other things coming out, but uh, I'm not covering it today. You want to know why? It's not tomorrow, and tomorrow I might not cover a lot about the Apple event either. It's just how it is. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so meanwhile, what are we covering today? Well, our feature stories will be taking a look at Amazon's Crucible is officially dead. Um, we'll also be taking a look at the ripple effect of the Epic Games versus Apple Battle Royale and the kind of lawsuit um, currently standing. We'll also be taking a look at a remote tribe that says that SpaceX Starlink catapulted them into the 21st century. It's kind of an interesting story. I kind of like covering these tidbits of news. Gadget-wise, we'll be taking a look at the Huawei Mate X2 5G folding phone uh, and, and details on what it may look like. We'll also be taking a look at Razer entering the PC case, case business, entering the ATX in mini ITX cases with RGB lighting, because why not? And branding, obviously. Um, so we'll have details and pictures on that if you are so inclined. Finally, we'll be taking a look at the Fall Guys crossover with Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> and I had to just cover this one because I guarantee it didn't make much news, or it did, and you saw it already. But uh, you, I guarantee you'll get a kick out of my take on it. And with that being said, let's head on over to today's feature story. All right, feature story time. So what's going on? Well, not good news. Uh, Amazon's Crucible is officially dead. And if you're kind of like me, although not entirely, but if you're wondering, what the heck was Crucible? Well, Amazon Game Studios came out and he said, guys, we're coming out with this awesome game. It's called Crucible. They released it May 20th of this year. Shortly thereafter, delisted it from Steam and returned it to closed beta status. 
Now, for those of you playing the game, you're probably like, what the heck is going on? Or I didn't like the game to begin with, or whatever other reason. For those of you who heard about it and were slightly interested, but then kind of just missed the news because 2020 has been a um, time sink of a year, um, I'll kind of update you on things. And for those of you who have no clue what I'm talking about, it was supposed to be this cool new game, a quirky competitive shooter. Um, It was coming out by a AAA game developer. Amazon Game Studios. You remember hearing about them? Well, they were all really excited about it. Oh, they had a trailer, the game came out, and everything. It could have been just bad timing, perhaps. So let's dig into the article, shall we? Perhaps if Amazon Game Studios had released Crucible sooner, it would have been a hit. Or perhaps it might have been marketing. Or the lack thereof. <laughs> that sunk the quirky competitive shooter, giving it one of the shortest lifespans in AAA game development. Crucible was released on May 20th of this year promptly delisted from Steam in July and returned to closed beta status. Now Amazon is pulling the proverbial plug on November 9th when servers will officially go dark. That's not quite half a year. Then again, maybe Amazon simply shouldn't have named its competitive shooter after the competitive mode in Destiny 2, a far better, more polished game, just a thought. Um, now, according to the author, they say, don't get me wrong, when I previewed Crucible just before its launch, I actually enjoyed it quite a lot. Not enough to make it a regular part of my gaming repertoire, but enough to recommend it to others. It's also free. The game was free, so why not? It was listed on Steam. Um, the Heart of Hives mode in particular was quite fun. According to the author, they do think that if Amazon had focused on that mode alone, it might have been a bigger success, along with, you know, actual marketing and what have you. But the game needed work. It needed to be faster and less clunky. A third-person shooting was uninspired, despite some characters having some pretty cool powers. Uh, Relentless Studios wrote in a blog post on Friday, we'll be discontinuing development on Crucible. We very much appreciate the way that our fans have rallied around our efforts. And we've loved seeing your responses to the changes we've made over the last few months, but ultimately, we didn't see a healthy, sustainable future ahead of Crucible. Well, that's weird. Amazon seems to have almost zero clue to what it's doing when it comes to game development. Here's the weird thing. Twitch is owned by Amazon. Is it? Does it not? Is it not? I mean, seriously. If all these other big AAA game developers and marketing budgets can go get streamers at like millions of dollars a pop ahead uh to be a official sponsor and do all this other marketing stuff to really ramp up marketing and awareness of games one would think maybe you know th- these two could work together instead of being like independent <sighs> here's a problem with buying companies and buying companies and then you're just big conglomeration of companies you get lost in the muck in the mire um so far we've seen a new string of misfires and cancellations. The big MMORPG New World is now slated for a 2021 release, but I hate to break this to you, Amazon MMOs reached their heyday years ago. There's never really much room in that market to begin with, but this is quite literally the definition of late to the party. You know what kind of games Amazon should be making? They should be making Fall Guys or Among Us. They should be making fun little games that people want to watch on Twitch. They should be making single-player titles to show off pretty graphics and tell great stories. They should not be shooting for the moon with an MMO. I mean, heck, they could have played that game. You know, uh, the game dev tycoon. You know, that game that you could buy, you could pretend to, like, release video games and and have your own gaming studio, and you could add all the stuff in and get a larger team and budget and different kind of genres of games and game engines, things like that. You know, you could have actually, like, 
um, beta tested, seeing how an idea would, whatever. If you c- couldn't play that game and pick it up and understand it, I got a perfect 10 out of it, just to say perfect 10. And sales went through the roof because I kind of found the sweet spot for my company. And I'm saying this personally, not the author. Um, but Crucible wasn't a terrible game by any means, but it wasn't a great game either. I can see how it would get repetitive quickly. It was attempting to capitalize on a lot of trends. They tried mashing Battle Royale, a MOBA, and so forth. It needed focus. Amazon, it seems, needs to focus and needs to start setting realistic expectations for itself. More than anything, Amazon needs to realize what types of games are actually playing these days are being played these days and anticipate where we'll be at in a couple of years. In any case, Crucible is dead. R.I.P. What a shame. Amazon is offering refunds for people who purchase microtransactions during the free-to-play game's ever-so-brief lifespan, so that's good. Uh, But if you want further reading on just how badly Amazon screwed up its entrance into the video game industry, there's actually another article I linked to from Wired, which was quite a fascinating read as well. I, I... tend to enjoy that one um but this article comes to us from forbes and if you're interested in reading more looking at pictures or sharing your thoughts head on over to technewsgadget.net and there you can get the show notes commentary and anything else you need or you can hop into our discord server be happy to talk further all right moving right along to our next article this article comes to us from venturebeat.com and uh it it goes over the ripple effect of the Epic Games versus Apple Battle Royale fiasco lawsuit thing that's kind of been embroiled this entire year. Um, it's, it's been entertaining so far, but I wanted to bring out a, a different angle, at least from this author's point of view. And it's probably not the only one, but after reading it, I thought, you know, it could kind of be, we'll see how things shake out. But let's read the article. It was only five years ago that Epic Games' Josh Adam and Bill Brammer were on stage at Apple's WWDC demoing Fortnite and talking about how incredible the iOS platform is for developers. Unless you've been hiding under a rock, you know where this is going. The legal and public relations battle that Epic launched against Apple for delisting its app from their stores demonstrates a clear rebellion against the power of the platform that it once headlined. Now, Epic Games, keep in mind, isn't David fighting Goliath, but sure, it's fiscally insignificant compared to Apple comparatively revenue of 4.2 billion in 2019 versus Apple's 260.2 billion but we're still talking billions and it will have an impact far beyond just these two companies in the beginning epic looked like it was taking a stand against injustice and representing all gaming companies who suffered at 30% cut in revenue on all in-app transactions but the longer this goes on the less explicitly noble epic looks it's Attempting to turn its users against Apple, which has seemingly backfired, turns out if someone cares about playing Fortnite, they'll just use other platforms. I think that's kind of one point there. What matters now is how this impacts everyone else, and I'm not talking about gamers or gaming companies. Brands started seeing opportunity in apps a decade ago and have been releasing their own IP. Now with the pandemic creating a huge boost in mobile commerce, nearly $300 billion this year, there's a huge opportunity to capture not just attention and brand loyalty, but dollars as well. But branded apps, just like games, live within the walled gardens of the app stores, and the companies who run these stores have their own set of rules, and Apple in particular is dumb being lenient so um what this does now is poses a problem to companies 
wanting their games listed on Apple is because uh, Apple is now preparing to lock in the 30% fee for in-app purchases. When it comes to games, Apple will continue to put its foot down and demand its fee or place an extremely high logistical bar. But when consumers use the Airbnb app to book a stay or Uber Lyft to book a ride, Apple doesn't take 30% of that payment, nor does it charge 30% on top of a Walmart, Amazon, or takeout food order. This is a big part of Epic's argument around its direct purchase of V-Bucks. Apps like Nike Sneakers, Best Buy, and Fandango allow for direct purchases, so why can't games? Well, Apple says it's because they are mostly tangible goods and services that are being used in the offline world, that is, not in the app itself. But Basecamp had to back down with its email app, Hey, uh, and the pandemic also forced several Apple apps to pay Apple's tithe or have nothing to offer at all. Here's the problem. If Apple gets a clear-cut victory over Epic, it may indeed call its cut a processor fee and look to leverage it in other situations that brand apps are more familiar with. And this would then pose a problem because in terms of costs, they might start taking a chunk... The article goes on to explain, does this mean they're going to be starting to take a 30% cut from ads that are put on it? Apple's really picky about ads. Companies need to make money, so they put ads in their games. Is this going to be a good thing or bad thing? I don't know. I think we'll see how it all sorts out. But I'm just kind of like sussing out arguments from each angle, each end, both for and against the reasons for it. I still think it's good... uh, in terms of this current battle going on, because this kind of is a problem, but if they win or if this goes forward uh, and Apple's victorious, it can just say, well, that's our 30% processing fee. That's going to put more smaller companies out of business. Ugh, it's just going to be an interesting shakeup, or they're just going to, these smaller companies are going to have to say, look, I'm going to have to put a 30% upcharge on it just so that it can go to Apple and then we can get our cut and not be swamped in debt or not make enough to make it worth doing at the same time maybe we'll be getting some higher quality games with fewer ad options it's this really as you can see really gray area this kind of now all lands in and i don't know how it's gonna sort out we'll see how it sorts out um but what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, I could I could probably talk about this a lot longer. Um, don't want to talk about it too long, though, because then it just gets into theories and ideas and then arguing about this or arguing about that. I'm still, I, I, from a business standpoint, I want to see how this will turn out. Um, I know the pros. I know the cons. I know several different sides of the arguments that are going on here. But really, how's it going to sort out? Could be good could be bad um but i do think it kind of at one point needed to be done and if epic games wasn't going to do it it was going to be another company at one at some other time really is what it comes down to because i think they wanted something more fair um so we'll see how things goes i know competition wise uh lawsuit wise uh market share wise all those things, there's plenty of variables still going on, so we'll have to see how it all plays out. Um, I, for one, though, I'm optimistic that something good will come out of this and something better that will ultimately benefit us, the consumers of these games and apps, and hopefully lead to better quality apps, lesser priced, better quality stuff, uh, or or more options outside of having to just use a walled-in app store. 
because uh, it's kind of going to get interesting really quick. Um, but that's all I got to share on that. All right, moving on to our next article. By the way, if you guys are interested in the show notes for today's show, just head on over to technewsgadget.net, and there you can click on any of the links, and it'll take you to the article itself directly, including any images or pictures uh, or video or other links that are included. But if you're listening it in the podcast app of your choice, here's something really cool I bet you didn't even know. You can actually read the description that is goes along with each show um and you in many cases like an apple podcast app you can just tap on a link right there and it'll take you right to it right in your phone so if you're listening on apple podcast i think you can do this in google podcast overcast as well um show notes are right there you can actually look and click on the links right there from your phone so if you didn't know that now you do and if uh you still want to do it on on the desktop and go to technewsgadget.net feel free to do so I obviously keep the links uh, to all the articles that I cover in the show notes because I know plenty of you are interested in not only hearing what's going on, seeing what's going on, but wanting to have that article link to go back and do a little bit more digging and research. So I got you. So this article comes to us from Ars Technica. It says that a remote tribe says the SpaceX Starlink catapulted them into the 21st century. Um this is an interesting story. A remote tribe in Washington state is one of the first users of SpaceX's Starlink broadband internet service. So um, currently more satellites are being set up right now for SpaceX's Starlink internet broadband. Uh, obviously, this would be satellite internet. Um, more satellites are being positioned into place. But testing-wise, a lot of it is being concentrated over the northern part of North America and the southern part of Canada. Uh, and Washington State, at least northern Washington State, is one of those test areas. Um, but a remote tribe in Washington State, now that you have the context, um, is one of the first users uh, having been connected recently after years of struggling to get modern internet service. Quote, we're very remote, said Mel. Vinjan Ashu, vice chairman of the Ho's tribe governing committee. Last eight years, I felt like we have been paddling upriver with a spoon and almost getting nowhere with internet to the reservation. Now, the Ho's tribe reservation is in western Washington and had a population of 28 households with 116 people in the 2010 census. Ashu uh, described the tribe's internet problems and use of Starlink in a video produced by the Washington State Department of Commerce. Now, the video serves partly to advertise the state agency's efforts to get everyone connected to broadband, uh, modern broadband at least, by 2024, a goal that has been helped along by SpaceX's decision to start its limited Starlink beta in Washington. Um, so early on during the pandemic, uh, the whole tribe called, sharing that they had a lot of challenges around being connected or staying connected. Um they definitely had very limited internet and they were nervous about the future. After SpaceX beta began, we introduced the Starlink folks to the whole tribe. The whole tribe shared their story and Starlink felt very compelled to come out and see what they could do to help. It seemed like out of nowhere, SpaceX came up and catapulted us into the 21st century. As she was said, our youth are able to do education online, participate in videos. Telehealth is no longer going to be an issue. Um, the reservation itself is about 23 miles south of Forks, Washington, a small city with only about 3,800 residents. So, um, really, really rural. Um, it looked like 
I'm trying to see here. Uh, they enacted the Washington State Legislature enacted a bill that established a state broadband office and set the goal of bringing at least 25 megabytes per second download speed and three megs up to all businesses and residents by 2024. Um, so it, the state isn't building its own network, so it's seeking partnership with internet providers, Starlink being one of them, free during the beta. Um, and, and so the article goes on to explain a couple more things. But that's great. Um, I, I like hearing about this. At first, when I thought, I was like, oh, a remote tribe? Is this like some tribe in uh, um, South America? It, no, because they wouldn't know what a computer is. They'd probably stab it. Um, and I, It's a joke, guys. Because uh, they don't need it. I, I mean, for them, it's just survival. Food, people, um, hunting, stuff like that. You know, normal human survival things. Pre-industrial age arrow type stuff. So, um, no, actually, but I like, I like this article and this is why I wanted to share it. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, with that being said, let's move on to some gadget news, shall we? All right, moving on to some gadget news. The Huawei Mate X2 5G folding phone. Um, some images have come out showing what the phone might look like and it looks interesting. Um, Huawei started 2020 strong by surpassing Samsung between Q1 and Q2 as the world's largest smartphone seller, but things could be quite different by the end of the year. It's been estimated that in 2021, another Chinese giant, Oppo, is likely to take Huawei's spot in the top three with Vivo and Xiaomi following close. Huawei's been trying to bounce back from its US ban by introducing its own app store and more recently its own operating system called Harmony OS. Currently, the company is most focused on its Huawei Mate 40 series announcement planned for October 22nd. And while the Mate 40 is for certain, there's another smartphone we've seen speculations and leaks for, the folding Huawei Mate X2 5G. Considering all the leaks we've seen in the past, this phone is certainly in development and will closely resemble the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2 in design. While we wait for an official review by Huawei, we got some images, and we can take a good look at what could be the Mate X2 5G's final design. Um, Looks-wise, it looks interesting. Uh, definitely... Galaxy Z Fold 2 visually, um, but they're suggesting a similarly 120 hertz folding display at a size of 8.03 inches. Um, outer smaller display is rumored to be 4.5 inches. Um, powering the phone could be a next gen Kirin 1000 chipset paired with 8 gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage for the base version. Pricing wise, obviously not sure yet. We just got image leaks, so speculations certainly abound on that um but yet we have to wait for an official announcement moving on to some more gadget news razor is entering the pc case business entering the atx and mini itx cases with rgb now razor for those of you who don't know they do peripherals uh i know because i have a bunch of them right now um headsets mouse pads mice keyboards bunch of other stuff too well they've just introduced two new tomahawk gaming cases with the new tomahawk a1 atx for 200 bucks and a new tomahawk m1 the mini itx for 179 dollars and they have a video that goes along with it um they definitely definitely look on brand kind of interesting small um 
box with colors and the logo. Um, both of these Razor Tomahawk cases have huge tempered glass doors that open from a swiveling mount at the rear, which looks great. And speaking of looking great, you have some glorge- glorious RGB lighting as usual. Um, this isn't their first Razor case, as the company sees its Tomahawk Elite at CES 2019. Except, keep in mind, it was only a proof of concept. Fast forward to CES 2020, where the company showed off its Tomahawk Gaming desktop pre-built PC, but it didn't reach the market. Uh, but these actually have the Tomahawk 8.1 case. And uh, some other stuff, for those of you interested in wanting to use it in terms of specs, dimensions, and, and what you can put into it, and what size you can, can't work with, uh, they definitely have that. But... Uh, it's definitely interesting enough. Um, Pricing-wise, the Tomahawk A1 costs 200 bucks. The Tomahawk M1, the smaller one, costs 180 All right, and finally, I wanted to throw this article in for some uh, giggles. Uh, or, or maybe this is actually something interesting, and you're, it's up your alley and you're interested in it. Uh, gaming News, last article. Fall Guys crossover with Sonic the Hedgehog is uh, something else. We're kind of wondering if the meshed blob was really what they're going for. But <laughs> I'm laughing at the image right now. This article comes to us from Kotaku. Uh, and like I said, head on over to technewsgadget.net for the show notes uh, if you want to see the uh, images and article for yourself. <laughs> but despite the horror show that's supposedly hiding beneath its contestants' bean-shaped uh, facial body features. Fall Guys is a pretty cute game with some neat costumes, but this author is not quite sure about the f- how they feel about the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog crossover, though. Fall Guys will be getting a Sonic-themed costume on October 14th, Mediatonic and Sega announced during a joint stream this morning. The top and bottom of the outfit are purchased separately, and when combined look uh, completely normal at first, but become uncomfortable upon <laughs> further examination. The developers at Mediatonic definitely got Sonic's one-eye-two-pupils thing right, but I'm a little concerned with the obvious segmentation between the top and bottom of the costume. It looks kind of like a mouth. Is the mouth going to open? I hope not. It's like in the middle of their stomach. I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> much like Fall Guys' previous crossover with games like Half-Life, Hotline Miami, and Team Fortress 2, the separate pieces of the Sonic costume will cost 5 crowns each, meaning the entire outfit will run you 10 crowns. That's a lot of wins for something so unsettling. Um, but seeing as how we're part of Season 2, if you want to get all, f- feel free to do so. Um, those that being said uh i'll let you guys have fun poking around at the article uh and be sure to share your thoughts over at discord well at least our discord server or any other discord server or you could leave a comment comment would be great uh on our website technewsgadget.net all right with that that wraps up this episode of delays in tech news thanks for tuning in new episodes every weekday is so long as i'm able to get to them keep in mind i do this part-time on the side and i don't get paid to do this this is something i enjoy doing so if you enjoy what you heard today be sure to leave a review and let me know um the latest in tech news can be found on every major platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else podcasts are found. Be sure to hit the subscribe. Uh, be sure to leave a review. And uh, if you uh, want to be involved even more, two things. Number one, share this episode with a friend. And number two, join us over at our Discord server. Details are at technewsgadget.net. I'm your host, Taylor Merrick. 
Remember, for the latest in tech, gadget, and gaming news, all you gotta do is visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much, keep being awesome, guys, and I'll see you on the flip side.